today on The Filmpreneur, a healthy dose of hope for the future of entrepreneurial indie filmmaking. So in the last episode, I shared quite a few depressing reasons why the current economics and business of indie film are, um, let's say, irreparably broken. But today, I'm going to give you a handful of pretty counterintuitive ways to shift those economics back in your favor. In fact, what I'm going to share here is a whole new way of doing business for ambitious filmmakers. So if you're game for that, let's go. Hey friend, welcome to Filmmaker Freedom. This is a show for ambitious indie filmmakers who want to make work they're proud of build audiences, cut out the middlemen, and earn a damn good living selling directly to their fans. My name is Rob Hardy, and I'm a filmmaker and marketing consultant who's worked with a number of brands and startups to help them connect with online audiences and grow their business. Though I'd initially given up on the idea of making a living with indie films, after years of working in the world of marketing, I saw that many of the strategies that worked for other types of companies could be applied to indie film with a few tweaks, of course. So that's what these solo episodes of Filmmaker Freedom are, a living, breathing document of everything I've learned about marketing, entrepreneurship, creating work that resonates, and living a good life. And one last thing before we begin, I just wanna thank my good friends over at Musicvine for sponsoring this show. Over the years, I've used just about every music licensing platform out there, and I can say without hesitation that Musicvine is at the very top of my list. The quality and uniqueness of the music are outstanding, the prices are reasonable, and the design and functionality of their website are second to none. It's just a pure pleasure to use. So if you're a discerning filmmaker who needs quality music, just go to musicvine.com and use the code FILMFREEDOM for 25% off your next order. All right. Now let's get into the practical lesson at the heart of today's episode. So if you listened to the last episode, you already know just how much the deck is stacked against indie filmmakers in the current system. And not surprisingly, many filmmakers, after like making a feature or two and then not making any real money come to the conclusion that it's just not worth their time and energy to pursue this as a career. And I cannot say I fault anybody who comes to that conclusion. I actually did myself back in the day. However, before you draw a similar conclusion for yourself, just hang around until at least the end of this episode, because I'm going to share a bunch of ways to shift the economics of indie film back into your favor. Now, what do I mean when I say shift the economics? Basically, these are changes that you can make to your process for making films, your mindset when it comes to reaching an audience, and your process for earning money from those films. And by making these changes, or at least a handful of them, it will put substantially more money in your pocket over the long term. So with all that said, let's get into my giant list of what I'm just going to call economic shifters, because that's the best name that I can think of. Now, this first one is probably the most obvious, and that's just learning to make films more quickly and for significantly less money than is traditionally the case when it comes to filmmaking. And there are a couple of ways that I have for doing this. The first one is probably my favorite, and that's cultivating a tribe. Uh, 
Now for me, a tribe is a small group of like-minded filmmakers who share the same values and the same vision or the same definition of success. Basically, it's like a really tight-knit collective. But because everyone shares the same goals, a tribe is able to be like this truly symbiotic organism where every member can share their resources and their talents in the name of making awesome work that moves the group towards its goals. So everybody helps on everybody else's project. And when it comes your turn to make something, the tribe reciprocates. Now, when you have a a tribe, even a small one in the range of three to five people, the cost of making quality films fall dramatically. And plus, of course, you just have more fun. You build deeper relationships with your team and ultimately develop a level of um, like trust and caring that you just don't get with random one-off collaborators. The next way that you can do this is by embracing like new models of production. So that's leaning on smaller, leaner crews of multi-talented people. And I like the term like full-stack filmmakers here, people who are genuinely skilled at multiple elements of the craft. It's not like the jack of all trades who isn't really good at any specific thing. Like these are people who are legit skilled um, and can take on multiple roles within a production. And again, ideally, these are the type of people that you build your tribe with as it will make the whole group so much more effective when it comes to getting projects made and finished. Another way that you can sort of speed up production and lower the cost is by using more improvisation in both acting and in production. So a lot of filmmakers these days are embracing techniques like working from a treatment and then just giving their actors a motivation or a goal in a scene and then using multiple cameras that are all doing improvisational stuff. Now, that might not be what you want the aesthetic of your film to be, but it's an option that can help you dramatically cut down on the time it takes to make a film. Now, the next thing to keep in mind is that when you take the entrepreneurial filmmaker route, you're no longer tethered to feature films. Because as we'll talk about later on, when you make work for a niche audience, many of the traditional rules of the film business go right out the window. So that age-old idea that only feature films can be products, whereas shorts and web series and anything else can't be, like all of that stuff is untrue in the context of niche marketing. And when you truly get this idea, it'll be liberating because you'll no longer have to spend a year or two years or three years of your life on one project because you assume that's the only way to make money. As long as you have a viable niche and an audience that's hungry for your work, you would be amazed at what people are willing to pay for. You can sell short films. You can sell access to individual episodes of web series. You can sell films that are like, 40 minutes long or 50 minutes long or whatever you want. Um, And this just gives you so many options for producing new stuff way quicker than you would otherwise if your only focus was feature films. And the last thing I want to mention under this category is just learning how to make films for the resources that you have now so that you can snowball into bigger, more ambitious projects later. And I'm sure you have seen this, but many indie filmmakers have this tendency to throw all of their hopes and dreams into one big ambitious project, thinking, oh, this is going to be the one that breaks me through. And then they'll spend years, maybe like a decade, waiting on all of the pieces to fall into place for this one film. And then even if it does get done, it almost never turns out as well as that filmmaker hoped. Um, and not surprisingly, these are also the people who get preyed on the most by those 
just vulturous bottom feeding distributors that we talked about in the last episode. So that's kind of the traditional way that people approach indie filmmaking is, is going for those big ambitious projects. But the film printer doesn't wait for permission. She takes the resources that she has and makes the best possible project from those resources. And then of course she markets and sells and builds relationships, thus creating more resources for the following project. It really is like a snowball effect where eventually you get to the point where you can create the type of work that lives up to your ambitions. But for the entrepreneurial filmmaker, that just cannot be the starting place. You have to live by that that age-old mantra, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. Just that mantra right there will get you so much farther in your career than most filmmakers ever get. Now, this next economic shifter is probably the most important one of the whole bunch And that is hanging on to your intellectual property. So like I mentioned in the last episode, many filmmakers end up giving up the vast majority or all of their rights over to investors and distributors. Now, while this can help you get a film made and earn some money from it, but what's happening here is that you're essentially allowing other people to reap the financial rewards from your hard work. Um, That's the trade-off that you make when you play into this traditional system. Now, When you adopt the storytelling and production strategies like the ones I just talked about, you don't necessarily need a lot or really any outside money to get a project made. And then when you approach the business side of things like a filmpreneur, you don't have to sign away all of the rights to a distributor who may or may not pay you another dime. Basically, this whole way of operating allows you to hang on to all of or the vast majority of your intellectual property and be the primary person to profit from it for years and years to come. Now, the other option here is that you can also evenly divide the rights to the films that you create between your tribe and you if you want. There are all sorts of ways to make sure that everyone involved is enriched, whether you you pay them up front or whether you cut them in on the back end by giving them a piece of the profits. Now, this next shifter is creating perennial sellers. And this goes right along with owning your intellectual property. And again, it's another idea we're going to talk about throughout the throughout the whole run of this show. But in the most basic sense, a perennial seller is a media product that stays relevant over time and continues to sell for years on end, maybe decades on end. Particularly in the film world these days, there's this tendency to make things that are hot and trendy in the moment in the hopes that it will generate a ton of revenue, yada, yada, yada. But then inevitably, what happens is that those films become totally irrelevant five years down the road, 10 years down the road. However, as an enterprising filmmaker, one of your primary jobs is to build up a portfolio of perennial sellers that continue to earn money over time. Now, not only does this give you multiple streams of income, which is the key to really just financial stability, but... Much like other types of financial portfolios, this is one of the ways that you can build true long-term wealth from your intellectual property. And I know that sounds crazy as a filmmaker, but when you start thinking like this over the long term, you can start to see how it's possible. Again, we're going to talk more about this whole concept later in the show, but if you want a head start, grab a copy of the book Perennial Seller by Ryan Holiday. It's quite good. Now, the next shifter, and this is a major one, is targeting niche audiences instead of mass market ones. If you remember back to the last episode, I pointed out some of the problems associated with shooting for the mass market. And essentially, 
when you're doing this, you're competing with some of the biggest, most well-resourced companies on earth for the attention of that audience. And as an indie filmmaker, somebody with basically no resources, you're going to lose that battle basically every single time. However, when you create niche media for passionate niche audiences, you're no longer competing against every other platform or thing that's vying for people's attention. Instead of being like a tiny little microbe in the midst of a, a vast ocean, you now get to be a much bigger fish in like a smaller lake. In fact, what you'll find is that many niches are dramatically underserved when it comes to films and sometimes media in general. And that's because the big media companies don't see the benefit of making stuff for just a small group of people. And what happens here is that that leaves the niche wide open for somebody like you to come in and create work that truly matters to them. And that's the key. When you niche down, you're able to create work that matters so much more to this group of people than like a Hollywood project ever could. And when your work matters more to people, they'll be far more likely to pay you for it and even pay a premium over what they would for other media. In other words, niching down is one of the ways that you can break out of the world of commodity media where the lowest cost option is the one that usually wins. Now, there's one other big benefit of going after a small niche, and that's that in general, they care way more about the subject matter of your content and less about traditional markers of indie film marketability or whatever you want to call it. So this means that you no longer need to limit yourself to a single genre that would traditionally be seen as a smart business choice. It means that you no longer have to attach A-list talent to your project in order to win the attention of the market. And it means that you no longer have to create spectacle for spectacle's sake, hoping to draw in a bigger audience. Instead, you just have to tell stories that matter to the niche that you're serving. They can be as flashy and expensive as you want, or they can be as raw and inexpensive as you want. Your niche audience will eat it up as long as it's a story that matters to them. So that, my friends, is why you need to niche down. Now, here's the most powerful thing that you can stack on top of that idea, and that's building a niche audience of your own and cultivating a long-term relationship with them. So I would argue that if you want to truly thrive as an entrepreneurial filmmaker, it's not enough just to target the right niche. Like that can be a big advantage, but it's not enough to guarantee you success. For that, you have to build your own audience. And of course, this is one of the primary things that we're going to talk about on this entire show. Like this is really a show about building audiences. Um, but for now, just know that this means cultivating relationships with the people of your chosen niche and having a direct, reliable way to communicate with them. And for almost everyone, that means building an email list because it's still the most reliable, ubiquitous way to communicate with people, and it cannot be limited by some kind of algorithm or platform or anything like that. It's something that you directly control, and it's great for building relationships. So when you build an audience like this, where you have that direct means of communication, you're building an asset that's going to end up serving you and helping you make way more money from your films for as long as you choose to serve that niche and engage with that particular niche. You'll no longer be in that position where you have to hope and pray that your film is going to do well in a niche. You'll know beforehand because you've been building up excitement and anticipation with your audience in the weeks and months leading up to the launch. Now, there are a bunch of other benefits to building an audience, but I think the biggest one 
is that eventually if you do it, you'll create true fans. And this is another concept we'll talk more about later, but for now, just know that a true fan is defined as any person in your audience who will essentially buy anything and everything you ever make. They are crazy about you. They're like your internet stalkers, but in like a, a fun, profitable way. Now, when you have enough true fans, and for a, a filmmaker, this might be somewhere in the range of like 1,000 to 5,000, you will be able to earn the vast majority of your living directly from them. And plus it opens up the door for other types of revenue, such as patronage, online and in-person events, um, supplementary products, and, and so much more. Now, another cool thing about building an audience is that crowdfunding becomes way, way easier because when you already have a direct relationship with the people who like you and want to support your work, all you have to do is tell them about your campaign. Like that's it. You don't have to spam your friends and family or beg your rich uncle to donate or any of that crap. You just have to tell the people who already want to see you succeed. Not that crazy. And this whole approach, when you crowdfund, it's another way to hang on to your intellectual property. Um, because when you, when you go that route, you're not giving up any rights to the project in order to get money. So keep that in mind. Now, another great thing about building an audience is it allows you to create supplementary streams of revenue. So that might mean creating your own products beyond your films that serve this audience. You might be able to find other products and be an affiliate. You can start adding high-touch services like consulting to your arsenal, if that makes sense for your niche. Um, and even if your audience gets big enough, you might attract sponsors and advertisers and things like that. There's all sorts of ways to make money from an audience once you've cultivated it and once you've created that relationship. Now, the last point I want to make about building an audience is that it's just rewarding as hell. It feels good to connect with people and for those people to support your work. Um, it's just a very fulfilling way to do business and build a life that is frankly awesome. So... The next shifter that I really want you to consider is connecting with and building a relationship with influencers. Because when you work within a vibrant, active niche, there will be other people who are creating media, they're building communities, and generally just commanding the attention of those audiences. Now, generally, I absolutely loathe the term influencer because it just brings to mind like images of entitled, narcissistic people taking pictures of themselves being entitled and narcissistic. And then for some ridiculous reason, they get paid significant money for it. Like, that's not really what we're talking about here. We're just talking about anybody who has influence within the niche that you are trying to reach. And one of the biggest, most important superpowers that you can cultivate as a film printer is being able to find these influencers and then build long-term reciprocal relationships with them. And when you do this, it opens up the floodgates to a much, much wider audience than you'd be able to attract on your own. In fact, when it comes time to launch a project, you can tap on all of these influencer relationships at once and create what I call an omnipresent launch, um, where essentially you appear to be everywhere all at once within the niche, making you impossible to ignore. Now, at some point, I'm going to tell you more about that launch strategy down the road. But for now, just know that it's critically important to start building those relationships. Oh, and the other thing I should mention about influencers is that it opens the doors for them to be affiliates for your products and your films. So there's so many different ways that you can mine these relationships to create extra revenue in your business. Another, another very powerful economic shifter 
is finding ways to raise the average order value when selling your films. So again, like I mentioned in the last episode, most films these days are seen as a commodity and the purchase price is generally pegged somewhere in the $5 to $15 range, and that's on the high end. However, there are a couple things that you can do to break out of this commoditized pricing. One of them is simply targeting a specific niche and creating unique work that matters to them far more than generic media ever could, and we've talked about that already. But another far more powerful way is by creating loads of unique, valuable supplementary content and experiences around your film so that when you sell it, what you're offering is obviously far more valuable than any other film these folks have ever seen. And you might even offer two or three tiered packages. So you might have just the film at a regular price, five or 10 bucks, or the film plus a bunch of really cool extra shit at a higher but not unreasonable price point. A great example here is just think about the Criterion Collection. Why do people pay so much, including me, for those films? It's because they're a passionate niche audience of people who just love the art and the culture of film and who absolutely love the extra bonus features that Criterion provides, as well as the great work they do just in terms of like restoring culturally significant films. And when people care like this, and when you provide them extra, they will gladly pay a premium well beyond what's typical for just a regular movie. Anyhow, when you do this, it raises the average value of a purchase of your film significantly, which in turn means that you need to sell way fewer units in order to be profitable. Okay, and now we're to the last economic shifter that I want to share with you today, and that is selling from your own platform. So like I mentioned before, platforms like iTunes, Amazon, whatever, they generally take a pretty hefty chunk of the revenue from your projects. But when you own your audience and when you're working within a niche and when you have influencers on your side, you no longer need to rely on those third-party platforms to generate that audience for you and to generate attention for you. And when all of that's the case, you can set up your own e-commerce solutions and sell your films and supplementary materials right from your website. So instead of being able to keep like 60% of the revenue from your sales as you would on iTunes, you're now keeping 100% of it. And that adds up tremendously in the long run. So if you're curious what platform I recommend at this point in time, it's one called Gumroad. Um, just look it up. It's very powerful. They allow you to stream films, rent them, like all of that stuff. Um, but the point here is that when you stack this idea of selling from your own platform with selling higher tiered packages, coordinating with influencers, and all of the other stuff that we've talked about in this episode, um, I just hope you're starting to see how an indie film can make substantial money for its creators instead of most of that money going to investors or distributors. And, uh, and with that, um, that's it, my friend. We've got a delightful buffet of ways that you can take those awful economics from before and shift them in your favor. And just a quick note before we wrap up, you don't necessarily have to do all of these things. Um, it really is meant to be like a buffet, but by picking and choosing a few impactful items, you can make a substantial amount of progress towards the end goal of making a good living for yourself with your own original films. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to revisit the ideas in today's episode, 
You can find the transcribed version as well as the full archive of shows over at filmfreedomshow.com. And while you're there, feel free to browse around the Filmmaker Freedom website and check out some of the other rad content, including the weekly newsletter. Every Sunday morning, I send out a variety of the most useful, inspiring, thought-provoking stories I've come across that week, as well as some other cool stuff. It'll help you build your skills, master your psychology, and keep up with this ever-changing business. So if you're ready for an email that you'll actually look forward to each week, just head over to filmfreedomshow.com slash newsletter. Also, if the ideas in this show resonate with you, you're a great candidate for Freedom Fighters, which is my private community just for entrepreneurial indie filmmakers. It's totally free to join, but there is an application process to get in. So if you're interested in surrounding yourself with a group of like-minded entrepreneurial filmmakers who will push you to succeed and help you grow, just go to filmfreedomshow.com community. And lastly, I'd just like to give one more shout out to my friends over at Music Vine for sponsoring this show. The groovy intro and outro music came straight from their library, of course, and there is loads more where that came from. So if you're a discerning filmmaker who needs quality music, just go to musicvine.com and use the code FILMFREEDOM for 25% off your next order. Once again, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will see you in the next episode of Filmmaker Freedom. Peace. Peace.